What is up? Welcome to the After Hours Entrepreneur. If you are looking to become a better business operator, to create better systems, to have better vision, to be a better leader, then my friend, you are in the right place. Today, we're joined by Cameron Harold. He is the founder of the COO Alliance. As the COO of Got Junk, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, he was able to bring that company from $2 million to $105 million. He is an absolute guru when it comes to creating the proper vision. And this is something I think about a lot because as after-hours entrepreneurs, we're trying to build business, we're trying different things, and there's certain times where we're going to feel compelled to switch course, to change our ideas around. And what I love about what Cameron has to say in this episode is pivoting is fine. Changing your theme is fine, but never lose your vision. And he's going to go deep on this topic. You are absolutely going to love this. We're talking about how to evolve your vision. And another thing that we talk about here that I think is really important is how to get your team excited. I, I now have five team members working with me and this is something I think about a lot because you really want to surround yourself with people that are autonomous, can execute at a high level. And my friend Cameron is going to give you some nice tools to level up your leadership game. As you're listening, there's inevitably going to be a point where you're like, wow, that is mind blowing. I'm going to execute on this right now. When you do that, when that moment comes, because it's going to come here in about 10 minutes or so. Go ahead and share out this episode on social media. Make sure you tag myself, tag Cameron. We want to know what you think. We want to address what you think. And yeah, thank you for listening. I also want to remind everyone, if you're not already on it, get on to Clubhouse as soon as you can. I'm hosting the most bombastic rooms on the platform. Definitely check me out over there. If you don't have an invite and you need an invite, I have a special giveaway for you. Hit me up, Mark, at marksavantmedia.com. I want to talk to you, and I want to make sure that we get you into the platform. I'm committed to helping you grow, and Clubhouse, my friend, is a really important part of that formula right now. All right, so let's get into this episode. You're going to really enjoy this. Cameron Harold, let's go. Mr. Cameron Harold, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Cameron, it's my pleasure. You've done some amazing things. I want to get right into it here. What is the difference between having company goals and having a company vision? Lay it on me. Yeah, so the, the vision is less empirical. It's less measurable. For me, a goal, it has to be measurable. You have to have a dollar sign, a number sign, or a percentage sign in it. Otherwise, it's not a complete goal. The vision is something where you actually can describe something in such vivid detail that everyone else can see what you can see. And then you can create some goals and a plan to make that come true. So an example would be, you know, building my dream house for, you know, $2 million by December 31st, 2021 might be a goal. Mm -hmm. but, but the vision would be a description of what the home looks like, pictures and drawings and sketches and, and um, enough verbal description that the contractor could create blueprints or plans to make my vision come true. So less quantifiable, which makes it much more difficult to measure as far as what your return on time or uh, Let's quantify one much more descriptive. So as an example, most people have a vision statement for their company, right? Where they might say that, you know, I, I want to, you know, do X, Y, Z. They kind of take a few words, and they mash them up into something, and that's their mission statement, right? Go team. The vis vivid vision idea would be as if almost as if you've traveled into the future in a time machine three years out. So you travel out to December 31st, let's say 2023, and you're going to walk around your company. And you describe operations and IT and marketing and finance, describe what your customers are saying, you describe the meeting rhythms, you describe the office environment, describe your use of technology, 
you're really describing the entire company as if you're standing there in the future describing something. That's very different from a goal. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense, but it almost seems impossible to predict that out, right? Because as after hours entrepreneurs, we're trying to figure out our business, right? We're trying to figure out where we're headed. And, and that's something that's been very amalgamous for me. How can we have a clear three-year vision, Cameron, when we don't even know what tomorrow looks like? Well, you can't. So your vision then might be to create a vision or to come up with a plan. But the reality is until you actually know what your product or service is going to be, it's impossible to create a vision for your company. Hmm. You're still actually in dream world and in kind of like the, um, the, the mad tinkerer idea. But when you decide what your product and service is going to be, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. You have to create some vision for the future. So, you know, the great example I use, and I've known Elon since January of 1995. I was a reference for him in his first round of funding for Zip2 25 years ago. Um, Elon has an ability to dream at a different level than most people. You know, when he had the vision for what the Tesla Model S was going to be, he described it. It had to be, be able to sit his six foot five frame. It had to seat his five kids. That's why it had the seven seat option. You know, he created a, a vehicle and described it in such a way that everybody was super excited. And then they figured out how to make that happen. But he at least knew they were building electric cars and had to be for the masses. You have to have something. So if you're still trying to figure out what your product is going to be or your service is going to be, then you're still trying to, to kind of hack through stuff. You're too early for a vivid vision at that point. That's fair enough. And I mean, I don't think anyone does a better job of creating a vision or a mystique than Elon does. I mean, he might as well be Iron Man because they don't even, they're not even really a car company at this point. They're an, an entirely new sort of uh, thing, which I, I want to talk about a little bit. And by the way, you're one of the first people to actually understand what they're really building and why the valuation is as big as it is. They're not building a car company. Right. Do you know that every single Tesla Model 3 that's on the road today that's leased, you can't buy that car out at the end of the lease. Tesla owns every one of them. So in two years, 18 months, the first autonomous vehicle network will launch and they own all of them. Mm. So they're actually building, they've kind of jumped that shark to now they're building the first real global autonomous vehicle network that you can actually have fractional ownership in. That's what they're building much more than just a car company. Sure. Absolutely. That infrastructure information that you get from having the lease car back, the computers, the onboarding. I'd be interested yeah. to see if they maybe have some sort of combination with Uber and Lyft and some of these other companies that are bringing in tons of this information. But that's that's a whole other tangent. So Canberra, we've talked a little bit about vision and why it's so important for these massive companies like what Elon's doing with Tesla, Uber and whatnot. Do you think that vision is more important to relay to your customers or to the team within your company? It's actually important for all aspects because to get the complete alignment with your customers, your shareholders, your employees, your suppliers, everyone needs to see what the CEO can see so that they're all completely aligned, right? If your shareholders don't understand why you're building what you're doing, they start misunderstanding some of the decisions. Some of your employees may not understand why certain decisions are being made. They almost seem like they're being made in a vacuum, but when they understand the entire purpose, there's a lot more clarity. It's like the three people that are out making bricks. They ask the first guy, what are you doing? He said, I make bricks. They ask the second guy, what are you doing? He said, I'm building a wall. I'm making the bricks to build the wall. They ask the third guy, what are you doing? He said, we're building a cathedral to worship God and I get to build the bricks to build the left wall of the cathedral. You know, who's got more meaning, who has more clarity, who's more excited. Um, it's, it's really the one who understands the full vision of what you're building. So it's important for all aspects. It's easier to recruit people into your organization when they see what you're building. It's easier to get freelancers to help in on a small project because they're excited about what they're building, right? It's all important. 
So how do we actually relay that to people? Like I'm at a place in my media production business where I'm bringing on new employees, new staff all the time, sometimes just to try them out like an intern. Do you have any recommendations as far as how to onboard them and give them that vision? Do you think videos, memos, office meetings? What do you like, Cameron? Yeah, I love the vivid vision concept of the four or five page written document that you send everyone in advance. So when you're screening for freelancers, you send them your five page vivid vision, you tell them to read it, and then you ask them to send you a one or two minute video on why they want to be a part of making this come true and how their freelance work can help you make it come true. So you only want to know if the people are already vibrating with what you're building. If they're not, they're not going to be as committed as somebody who you know is really excited about it. I think we actually more often than not do a disservice to ourselves with the way that we onboard freelancers as well, that we tend to say, well, I'll try them out and I'll get them to do a couple projects, but you would never hire an employee that way. You know, we're so lazy about hiring freelancers and outsourcing to companies. You should actually put them through a fairly similar process that you put your employees to and you end up with much better results. But people tend to get a little lazy on the freelancing side, sadly. Well, I got I to gotta be honest. I love that idea of asking the applicant to go the extra mile read this send me a video what are your thoughts let's let's make sure we vibe because nothing wastes more time and money and energy than onboarding people giving them passwords integrating them into your business and all your processes and all of a sudden saying you know two weeks later it's not going to work totally i was just hiring a salesperson about six months ago and i got 135 resumes for one person but i didn't read any of those resumes i i hit them back with an auto reply right away that said please read this vivid vision and this recent article of me in the media, if this sounds like the kind of company you want to fly to the moon, reply now and put interview me in a group interview or in the subject line and send me a three minute video on why you want to help make the vivid vision come through. I got 12 videos of the 12 videos. I liked four of them. I interviewed four of the people, but I only reviewed, but I only reviewed four of the 12 resumes out of the 135 that came in. So the amount of time saving was massive. As much as I love reading through endless spreadsheets of hundreds of applicants, watching four, four to 10 videos sounds a lot more pleasant. Right. It's a way, it's just a way better leverage of your time. And you've put people through a couple of hoops already. So now you know that you're wasting time on the right people, not on the wrong people. Yeah. We could not agree more. And of course, we're talking here to Cameron Harold from COO Alliance. You can see everything he's doing at CameronHerald.com. So Cameron, I want to talk a little bit more about this scalability, of course, with 1-800-GOT-JUNK, you scale that massively from 2 million to 105 million. Cameron, what's more important to my business, sales or systems? Sales, because there's not a single problem that exists that a check can't solve. I think far too often companies are putting the right system in place, the right system in place, the right system in place, spending all their time on the back end. The reality is they don't have any money to pay for it. But if you focus on revenue, gross margin, revenue, gross margin, you can buy your way out of any problem. You can scale because of cash. You actually can avoid giving up equity, you avoid taking on debt financing, it's less stressful. And then you can perfect, you can make things more perfect later, but there's no such thing as perfect. You know, everything can always be a little bit better, but the reality is momentum creates momentum. So you've heard of the term minimum viable product. I call it minimum viable everything, right? MVE is minimum, like just get it done and get it out the door because momentum creates momentum. And then revenue allows you to buy your way out of the problems and fix the systems later. Like, look at what version Tesla we're on, or look at what version we're on iPhone 12, right? In 13 years, we're on the 12th iPhone. But if they waited until now to launch the iPhone, they would have missed the market. Body in motion stays in motion, right? So just exactly. continuously creating and trying. That's one of the things I like to do too. If I'm ever stuck, I'm sitting at home, don't know what next to do on my project. I just start creating something, or maybe I just get my body moving. Just 
run a little bit, right? Do you find that movement in your actual physical body can translate into movement of your vision and growth of your company as well? I'm sitting in the third location um, in my home since 7 a.m. So in two and a half hours, I'm now sitting in the third spot. I'm constantly moving around just to keep things fresh, different perspective, you know, get my body going for sure. Yeah, it's as simple as that. I, I got to be honest with you. When I was coming up with the name of the show, The After Hours Entrepreneur, it took me months, months, pacing and pacing, pacing. I went on one trip with my wife, started talking to her about the show, and within 10 minutes, we had it. So I, I, I'm definitely a believer in that. What happened there? You were actually communicating the vision for your show, and that helped you come up with the name, right? When, you, yeah. when people are clear of what you're building, they'll conspire to help you make that come true. They'll come up with names. They'll come up with branding ideas. They'll come up with marketing ideas. But if people can't see what you're what you're building or where you're going, they have no idea how to help. Right. And so one of the things you had mentioned a few minutes ago was how to create that vivid vision, right? In a five page kind of summary. Give us a couple quick takeaways. What are three things that we absolutely need to have in our five page vision? So the first part is it has to describe your company in vivid detail as if it's already come true. So you're not saying how it happens. It's like a homeowner doesn't describe how to build the house. They just describe the finished home so the contractor can create the plans. So your job isn't to explain how, it's to describe what it looks like, acts like, and feels like three years in the future. Hmm. Secondly is um, you really want to get out of the box and get out of your office to go write this. You can't sit with your laptop or an iPad or in your office or a whiteboard because that's where we do all of our planning. What we need to do is go sit somewhere where you're inspired, somewhere around nature and start doing a mind map and just allow your ideas to flow. Because what you're doing is dreaming about what the future looks like. And then you said something earlier about, well, it's hard to forecast the future. I'm not talking about forecasting the future. I'm talking about deciding what the future is going to look like and then figuring out how to make that come true. Those are very, very different things. Mm. When, you're, when you're building a home, I'm not going to take the house that lives there and decide how to turn it into something. <laughs> I'm going to tear the fucker down and I'm going to build something brand new, right? Elon Musk did not decide how to make the Prius a little bit sexier and a little bit faster. He created a completely new car, even because he bought Tesla from Ian Wright and Martin Reberhardt. When they purchased um, Tesla, they had the original two-seat Roadster that looked like a Lotus. They didn't make that car bigger and faster and cooler. They designed the Model S as a completely from scratch, brand new vehicle, right? It's deciding what you're building and then reverse engineering that. That to me is one of the biggest challenges. You just don't know what's going to be behind be behind that next door. So getting these ideas of how to get clear on your vision seems seems really, really important. The sooner you can do it, the better. If I want to have personal growth and to kind of grow my vision, I can either try things that I've never done before, right? For example, maybe a live public event or something, right? Um, or I can do something that's very natural and relaxing for me, like going snow skiing, right? Do you think it's better to put yourself in comfortable or uncomfortable situations when developing your vision? I think there's a bit of there's a bit of there's always going to be a bit of stress and strain that you're driving towards because everything we do is the biggest thing we've ever done in our lives, right? We're always stressed and pulling ourselves, so there's that. But I don't think that people have to beat themselves up for not being good at something. You know, the school system messed everybody up. You know, for 16, 18 years, we were told that we were C students or B students or or even A students, but we were always competing for perfect. Perfect doesn't matter. And then we were told to get tutors and work on our weaknesses. So. If you're going to build a business, I would build a business around your strengths and I would delegate everything except weakness, but your dreams and your desires of what you're building should push you for sure. They should mm -hmm. challenge you because you don't have to be the one to, to know how to do it all. Remember, if you're the homeowner building the home, you don't know how to do electrical. 
You don't know how to do plumbing. You don't know how to install windows. You don't know how to do, you know, framing, but you know what it's going to look like. And then when the plans are clear, you can find the people to make your vision come true. The entrepreneur doesn't have to know how to do stuff. You have to know who can do stuff. Yeah. You have to to find the who's not the how's. Yeah. And, and just kind of circling back to your advice before getting clear on your vivid vision and you can get access to the whole vivid vision plan at CameronHerald.com, but getting clear on your vivid vision, bringing on people, sharing it, that, that, I mean, that's when the magic happens. Do you find it's better to be very analytical and quantitative with the new people coming in? Or is it better to be like, how's your family? How can I serve you? What do you think is better attribute of a leader? Uh, to really care about the humans that are working for you at a real human level, to know them as people, right? To actually know their pains, their insecurities, their fears, their vulnerabilities, their joys, their passions, their goals, so that you can help your company make that stuff come true. Because the reality is this is just what we do to make money. None of this shit actually matters, right? We're all going to die. So you have to really get to know the people. And if you care about them, they'll care about your company. You know, an amazing one of my five books that's probably the absolute best for this audience is The Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs. And I co-authored The Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs with Hal Elrod, but we covered the vivid vision concept. We cover all the focus and success habits to be successful as an early stage entrepreneur. We talk about hiring a second, second in command eventually as well. Somebody who can really help you make your vision come true. That would be a great book for every listener. Love that. So I'll definitely have a link below for The Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs. You're going to love it and you're going to have a more effective morning. Awesome. Cameron, so before I let you go here, I need to get into some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Are you strapped Go in? for it. We're here. Cameron, what is one must-have app that you have to have on your smartphone? Otter. I'm using otter.ai constantly for recording conversations. So as an example, every coaching call that I do with CEOs or COOs that I'm coaching is automatically being transcribed. Um, when I'm doing podcast interviews, I get them transcribed. So Otter is amazing. Uh, much, much stronger than even Siri. Wow. And I'm assuming you're using that to produce content for the web, right? Blog, podcast, et cetera. Yeah, it all gets dropped into Dropbox and then my marketing team takes it from there. Beautiful. Love it. Uh, What is a must-have business item that costs less than 50 bucks? Must-have business item that costs less than 50 bucks? A notebook. Um, I'm still a really big fan for the tactile mind mapping and writing lists and scribbling stuff down and getting away from the digital only because it allows me to think faster and clearer. And then I bring it back in and plug it into whatever app or technology I'm using, but to get out of the office and just sit somewhere and scribble notes down and not get distracted by the internet or by email or, you know, by Slack is really nice. Love it. Love it. What is one task that you have to do every day? One task you have to do every day. Uh, delegate to my assistant. So if you don't have an executive assistant, you are one. And the reality is first thing in the morning when you wake up thinking about the day and all the stuff you have to get done, it has to get done, but not by me, right? So the, the, the idea is what's all the stuff that needs to get done today? How many hours will each of those tasks take? And can I delegate 80% of the hours on my plate? So it's all about delegating before starting. Love that. I'm. We are definitely in sync on that, Cameron. And final question for you, if you had 10 seconds with yourself 10 years ago, Cameron, what would you say? Ask her out. Cameron said it. I agree with it. Go ask her out. Cameron, thank you so much. You're welcome, Mark. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Man, I just love everything that Cameron has to say. A lot of things he we're talking about here, they make sense and they seem obvious, 
but they're just not. And we don't always execute. And again, surrounding yourself with these amazing people is going to be one of the best ways for you to grow as a person. So I want to make sure that you subscribe to the podcast because you do not want to miss this expert advice. I am telling you, it's every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you're getting top tips to stay relevant, to build your business right now. Do not miss out. Make sure you subscribe. I'll catch you here next time. This is Mark Savant signing out. Make today count, and I'll catch you later. Peace.